Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to another episode of This is Revolution Podcast. If you're new to the channel, welcome. Good evening. Glad to have you here. If you like what we're doing, please hit like and subscribe. It's a passive gesture that goes a long way if you're a returning listener. Glad to have you back. And since this is a call-in show, generally, I'm joined by the faceless voice of reason, M. Toussaint. Please welcome. Hello, hello. Good to see you, Jason. This is the first time you've been on in like two weeks? Were you on last week? I was on last week. No, you weren't. No, I did the Negro Roundup show. Oh. Did you did do that? And now we have this. You having an unnatural allegiance to losers is not like you. It's not like you. Can you hear the I pain did. in his voice? <laughs> even even making that sound drop, making all those sound drops, because I did the sound drops that you allowed me to make. <laughs> Good. I did put effing with me <clears throat> on the champagne room sound bank, so it's not on this main show sound bank. Okay. Uh, the Boosie one is on this sound bank. Oh, boy. That was hard to edit because he just said so many wonderful things in that 11 seconds of yelling. That's Boosie for you. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. The phone lines are open, area code 510-319-1899. Again, that is area code 510. That is the East Bay area where I'm from. 319-1899. You know when we started doing this, Tucson? I used to use my actual phone. Yes. <laughs> were you on the show when we were doing that? My I think... Ring all night. <laughs> I think I was. Oh. That was not a smart move. Um, what do you think people are going to call in to yell about? Keith Lee. Word <laughs> <laughs> up, Jason. I can't stand him. I would love it if, like, Hella Bay Area people called in to be like, right on, brother. You got the right idea. You got the young man. <laughs> <laughs> young blood. We need more brothers like you for the cause. <laughs> Someone says they're triangulating Jason's location right now. I'm super easy to find, kind of. But I don't know if you want to come out here, dude. It's not a good look. Keith Murphy Lee. Keith Murphy Lee should be his name. Um I don't know if you saw Toussaint, but most deaf responded to the criticism that he said about Drake and he apologized and he's trying to squash the beef. I believe that's because he saw the show. <laughs> he saw the show and had a look at himself. He had a, oh dude, he stared into the abyss and that shit just stared right back. And he. He did a or an insane mea culpa um, on the Drake thing. Did you I see? Did, it? Well, 
I just saw a headline that said, I don't, I don't hate anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. he apologized. That oh, moment. dude, he, the backpedaling was, was uh, next level. Why? Why do you think that happened? I think he saw the episode and was like, man, these niggas is just too accurate. <laughs> Maybe Quest Love is a coon. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop saying that because at some point Quest Love is going to see this show and then I'm going to run into him somewhere and it's going to be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. or not I mean I ran into Killer Mike he's doesn't, I mean those people don't really care he cares about Jared I think if Killer Mike ran into Jared Ball they would fight yeah I think Killer Mike would call Jerry Ball a lot of unsavory names. Unsavory. Um, <laughs> that we will not say on the main show. And I think Jared Ball would return um, those insults with even more unsavory insults. Maybe fisticuffs would ensue. Would that be the first Professor Rapper beef? It would be. And again, I think Jared is the winner no matter what because you made a, a pretty successful rapper slash entrepreneur mention you. He's going to get a Grammy. Killer Mike's going to get a Grammy. <laughs> Everybody says so because he's nominated. And it's like, why would you bother to nominate him if he's not going to win? Just so smart money is on him to win. Uh, did you see Taylor Hearn is watching the show and says it's a cold because she's never seen me with this shirt. It's not a button. <laughs> uh, we're about to have a storm in a couple days, so I am preparing. But no, it was quite gorgeous today. Um, but shout out to Nuclear Waste and Tijuana for hooking up the Christian Death shirt fucking where can you get a Christian death shirt just walk in the store and look you up with a Christian death shirt only theater of pain really good record from them in my opinion um I saw on Twitter a bunch of people are making fun of the right for an insane conspiracy theory um that some right wing shows are trying to start have you seen this Mm-mm. um they are saying the NFL is rigged And Taylor Swift, the singer Taylor Swift, speaking of Taylor Hearn, Taylor Hearn, you had no idea you were going to get called out tonight. Uh, Taylor Swift is a Joe Biden plant. Mm. Her job is to promote uh, Biden while she hogs all the media coverage. If you don't know, um, those watching the show and my trusty co-host who is not a football fan at all, uh, Taylor Mm. Swift is the girlfriend of Super Bowl participant Kansas City Chiefs tight end Pro Bowl uh, tight end Travis Kelsey tight end yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. everybody knows they're dating though even people who are not football fans okay well you could be one of those people that do that thing where you don't know what sports are and you act like what's a football what's a, what's a Super Bowl that's like the really? one where you throw hoopies. 
it, it it's the same thing where people act like they don't know who the Kardashians are. Like I don't know who the Kardashians are. Like that's not true. Like you know who they are. You may not watch the show. You may not know their favorite color, what hair color they have at the moment. But if one bit you in the ass, you know a Kardashian bit you in the ass. Bit you in the ass. Like come on, come on. <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, little ass biters. Like I, I told you when I was at Gabba, uh, one of them, I can't remember which one. Now, I may not know all the names, but I know a Kardashian, right? It wasn't Kim and it wasn't the big one. It was is Courtney. Chloe? Courtney is the little one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Courtney. And she was trying to be like incognito. It's like, dude, you're fucking Kardashian. You're three apples high. We know you're Kardashian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's the theory. People are clowning the right for such an audacious plan by the Democratic Party. Um, I actually have the clip right here of the gentleman. Uh, this guy. I don't know who this guy is. Do you know who this guy is, Tucson? Mm-mm. Never seen him before. The Denny show? The Benny, Denny? I think. Benny, Denny. Denny, Denny. Denny. Here, let's make it big. Nah, that's what she said. There we go. And the way you do that is by taking the most brain-dead Low information voters, of course, I'm talking about Swifties, Taylor Swift fans, sort of worship this artist kind of like at random, right? Like just out of the blue, suddenly Taylor Swift's the most famous person on earth. (laughs) Now she's at every NFL game. Is that really out of the blue? It's really, really not. I mean, I feel like Taylor Swift's been one of the most famous people on earth um, probably for the last 10 years. Yeah. At least. When did 1989 come out, that album, originally? Taylor oh. Hearn, when did 1989 come out originally? <laughs> Taylor Hearn knows. Taylor Hearn was there. Taylor Swift has been in the music business since she was a kid, and it's not like she's that old now. But to act as if just yesterday you never heard of her, you're being one of those people that don't know what a Kardashian is. Like, don't don't be that guy. You know what I mean, dude? Too late. You're the, you're being that guy. He's wearing a tight black shirt. I have tight black shirts. <laughs> That's fucked up. Well, you're not pretending not to know who Taylor Swift is. No, I don't know her songs, but I know the the, the shake it off, shake it off. I know that if that came on, I'd be like, "That's Taylor Swift." If you play a deep cut, I don't know that shit. You know what I mean? I only like one Taylor Swift song. Is it the Shake It Off one? It's so catchy. Like, a catchy song is a catchy song. Like, look at this guy. He's just... You remember the Joy? Todd McGowan? Joy. (laughs) The joy of being a hater. Look at this guy. With her boyfriend, who's backed by Bud Light and Pfizer. He's just backed by the NFL, dude. Quit acting like Pfizer. I mean, he's doing an ad campaign for for flu shots, but this dude is acting as if you know it's some final solution shit with Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> like, let it go, dude. It's not that serious. I don't know anyone in the world. That was sitting at home going, ooh, flu season's coming. And then the Travis Kelsey commercial comes on. They go, you know, if Travis Kelsey's getting a flu shot. 
be in my best interest. It'd be in my best interest to also get a flu shot. Travis Kelsey is this guy who also kind of out of the blue became this big time celebrity. Really? Not really. I mean, he's a football player that's been playing at the top of his game for the last six years. Let's say six years. I don't think he was a first-round draft pick coming out of Cincinnati. He might have been. I don't think so. But he is probably one of the best tight ends in the game right now. And considering that he came in after a Hall of Fame tight end in Tony Gonzalez, excuse me, Travis Kelsey um, is probably going to break all of Tony Gonzalez's records. Really rich, really powerful. Why? I mean, he's just a football player, dude. Quit acting like he's a Bezos. Hmm. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's a tight end. He's like a glorified lineman. That he's one of those guys that if a black player had money, he'd talk about how black players lose it real quick. But Travis Kelsey is the richest man in the world. <laughs> he's not even the richest man on his fucking team. What is that flag in the background? Uh, it looks like the original American flag with 13 colonies. Why would he have that? It's back when America was great, when it had slaves. <laughs> slaves. America. Is he from one of the colonies? <laughs> <laughs> this guy has this face. Because I quick. <laughs> oh, God. doesn't make any sense tight ends aren't famous people in that is not true that is the most not true thing you've ever said sir in this how, how many minutes are we in this like a minute 43 seconds into this weird rant um we just watched and have talked about and the internet is still ablaze over the cat williams interview on club shay shay shannon sharp hall of fame tight end the tight end position has really been revolutionized over the last 20 years in the game. 25. Let's not go all the way back to the Niners because they were still blocking and you had two tight end sets. But just for shits and giggles, let's say 25 years of tight end position has been a pretty, pretty glorified position. And a lot of guys in that position have gone on to have FaceTime careers um, outside of football. So you're crazy, dude. You're just making this up. Ball? What are you talking about? What world are we living in? I guess the world of the 13 colonies because the tight end, again, Ooh. is kind of a glamour position. Sure seems planned. The biggest stars in the NFL right now probably are tight ends. Right? The San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs have two big-time tight ends. Tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end. That, that do tons of advertisements that are outside of Sure seems like something that is like concocted in order to accelerate the fame of these two people. Get them. Like, why do they need to accelerate? It's just one of those things that happens. You know, famous people get together. So are you saying that uh, Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe like was all a democratic plot to to what? <laughs> what? <laughs> to integrate schools? Mm. They get this Dago and Marilyn Monroe. Gee. 
That Joe DiMaggio, he was what is he? Uh, an outfielder? <laughs> Come on. Them to the Super Bowl, largest screens on earth. Get maybe a get maybe like a proposal after the get this might. This is what I think is going to happen. There's going to be like some type of proposal at the after the Super Bowl is rigged for the Chiefs. And then the two of these people become it's like reach like crazy levels of absolute fame and then they take all that fame that has been given to them by the rotted corporate press media entertainment industry that he he got such an erection when he said that that that's why he's making this face (laughs) he felt so smart saying that explicitly backs democrats and then they use that in order to try and save Joe Biden. They take all that and then they pour it in. And you'll see in October the release of like a well, what'll look like a hostage video or a visiting angels ad. Right? <laughs> visiting angels. And I'll have Joe Biden sitting there all like twisted up like a you know in a wheelchair like an eggplant. And he's glazed over skin like a Krispy Kreme donut. They're drooling out of the side of his mouth. And Taylor Swift and Mr. Bud Light Pfizer will come in and pat Grandpa on the shoulder and tell all of their brain-dead fans to go vote for him. Taylor Swift, of course, also a psyop for the NFL wives out there. <laughs> and the way you do that is by taking... <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say Taylor Swift was a psyop for NFL wives? Fuck has she done for NFL wives? What has she done for the she's NFL? Not, she's not an elephant NFL wife. No. She's some woman dating a football player. It's happened before. It will happen again. <laughs> Simone Biles is dating a football player. She's married. She married to him? Yeah. Look at that black excellence. Black excellence. Um, Marvel Mon Hill. <laughs> I am going to cut a clip of you shitting on Mark Lamont Hill as well. Don't worry. Don't Me? Worry. Um, since that's what you love to do. But this is all kayfabe. It's a slow, yeah. it's a slow week in the press world. And... This is all made up bullshit. This happens in sports media a lot. And, you know, I guess this, you know, also, I shouldn't say I guess. Of course, this happens in right-wing media. Um, don't get it twisted. Immigration is still the right-wing issue they are pounding. And to some degree, they're winning. Recently, uh, the University of California school system had proposed a plan to let undocumented students work on campus uh, without work authorization. The law students at UCLA thought they found a breakthrough in the 1986 Immigration Act that only applied to the federal government, excuse me, government and not the states. Uh, the bill makes it illegal to hire undocumented workers, the 1986 you can face fines, and for a school system like UCs, if they're in violation of the law, they could lose certain government contracts. Um, now, this plan was proposed in 2022, and four days ago, 
the UC Regents voted to suspend consideration of this program and instead offered a program that would offer, or they're working on, they haven't even offered this fully yet, uh, offer tuition in exchange for volunteer work. DACA was extremely limited in who could and couldn't qualify for it. And we're already talking about college educated kids entering a workforce with no power at all, a captured labor market of college graduates from an LA Times article in 2022. Jeffrey Unmania Munoz, a third year UCLA student, can describe how life would dramatically change for him if he was able to legally work. He is eligible for DACA, but has not been able to acquire the status because then President Trump rescinded the program as he was about to apply. He filed an application in January 2021 under the new Biden administration, but a court order has frozen all petitions. He said he has lived precariously and raised $3,000 on GoFundMe last summer to cover a shortfall of housing and tuition. He has lived on donated grocery cards, loans, and visits to campus food pantries. And he was denied a seat on the UCLA Undergraduate Student Council because the, council, the campus said it could not compensate him for the paid position. Hmm. I've had to fight for existence each and every day, said Munoz, who was brought to the United States from El Salvador at the age of two. The Taylor Swift secret agent talk is just some slow news week bullshit that people throw out to get clicks. It does kind of frustrate me that people even talk about that bullshit because it's ridiculous. Agreed. Considering what the Republicans are doing with sanctuary cities, mainly Illinois. Chicago. Yeah. But the state of Illinois, the activists in that state fought very hard to make Chicago probably the foremost sanctuary city. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. I come from California. Say again? Not the second city anymore. No. No. Eat a dick, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and dropping off 30,000 human beings in a city that can't handle the people that live there already has just made a mess of everything. The mayor is in turmoil. You have black population that's pissed off. You have... Hispanic population that's not thrilled as well. Hmm. Don't fall for the bait of this kind of bullshit and believe these are the conversations that people are having in right-wing circles. It is not. These aren't the conversations that you hear on mainstream right-wing radio at all. You hear about the failure of democratically run institutions, democratically run cities. You hear about the failure at the border. You definitely don't hear about Taylor Swift. 
David F says the left is going to win on the immigration question. Nobody blames open borders for this, though, Jay. You're crazy out of your mind. People Maybe think open borders are real. Fucking country, but I live in. I've been in California my entire life. You are high out of your mind if you think people don't get mad about the border and blame open borders. High out of your mind. Say what you want about the middle of the country. I don't live in in the middle of the country. I've been there quite a bit. Please don't tell me what people say in Arizona, New Mexico, California, and Texas. We have a super chat for you to read. Okay. I'm a disabled veteran, so I get VA money. Now you can say your show is government funded, Jason. <laughs> have a taco and a Coke on Uncle Sam. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Chicago is in the middle of the country, and you must be ignoring what people in Chicago are saying, especially black people. Let's call some up. Which was the way we could just call random black people? <laughs> <laughs> or they could call in. Call in. Yeah. You know who I talked to as a black person in Chicago? Cedric Johnson said the same thing I'm saying right now. Hate to break it to you. If that's what you thought wasn't a thing, if you think this is culture war bullshit, then tell me what's real. I'd love to know what is real. What say you, M2 son? David asks, see, David, you're never going to call. And that's why you pissed me off. I got to read the thing out of the side of my eye and this chat is moving fast. You don't really piss me off. Um, no, of course it's not about open borders. I know that. But, you know, you live in the world. I mean, people don't know how the border works. The open border is the one that comes to where I live. You don't get checked when you come into Mexico. You can come in here with guns, sex slaves, uh, four monkeys and an eight ball of Coke. No one is stopping you. Coming out of this country? Oh, yeah. You're going to get going into the States. You're getting molested on your way out. Coming in here? No, not at all. The open border is here. try to explain that to people they they're they're they look at you like what yeah this is where the open border is and i'm not what what do you think happens to people that try to cross do you know how murderous the people on patrol the border are yep murderous you know, people, many people die. You know how strategic those walls are? They never needed to go across the entire landmass. A lot of it is just 
unfucking inhabitable. Those walls were strategically placed where people were trying to cross, and they a lot of them die. There's parts of Texas where the um, what do you call the not the military? National Guard. National Guard goes and picks up the bodies. Thank you. Mm-hmm. My friend that was a National Guard person, they were telling me, it's like, God, this, this gets disgusting. The borders are not open. But people don't understand immigration law or immigration. If you feel your area is overburdened, then, of course, you're going to see immigrants as a blight on your city. It's not right. It's not accurate. But depending on what you're reading, liberal press doesn't make it better. No. Liberal press is all about moralizing. A good person would allow this thing to happen. And right-wing press is centered in the idea of common sense, right? Both of them are full of shit in this, especially in this regard when it comes to immigration. DACA was extremely limiting on who could get it. It was kind of a best of the best program as it was. 800,000 people. people. What'd you say? Four people got DACA. <laughs> 800,000? 2.5 million got deported. Damn. That was just Obama. He's the worst. And I live in a place where I meet people that got, didn't get DACA, couldn't get it, got deported for, you know, little bullshit. You're talking about people that spent their whole lives in the United States. They didn't have a choice in coming. That was the whole thing about DACA. These kids didn't have a choice. Tons of people didn't have a choice. But you had a cutoff at who had a choice and who didn't fucking have a choice. And the requirements to qualify. And it's also scary to try to apply for stuff like that. True. We have a phone call. I hope it's David Epps to call and yell at me. <laughs> um, I pushed him through. Do your thing, Tucson. Uh, calling from a 216 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, yo, this is uh, Dr. Grohl calling from Cleveland, Ohio. What's up, Claw? You know, um, there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, things going on in the world right now that are kind of disappointing. Uh, sports. <laughs> uh, well, I can't believe it. they're doing great. They're doing great. Cavaliers doing absolutely awesome right now. Uh, had a great uh, month and a half or so of basketball since Doomsday. So that's the one thing that's keeping me afloat in that area. But um, 
You know, there was something I saw that was very interesting on Twitter today. Um, uh, somebody had retweeted a video of an eighth grader who is six eight and playing basketball. Jesus. But the quote tweet said, "You won't believe what song it was." And I clicked on the video, and um, they actually had Michelle's something in my heart as the music to this basketball video. Weird. So then I So then I went and Googled no then Google. I would look it up on the phone and listen to the song a couple of times because I don't know. And um and then I just decided to Google Michelle. And I found out something very interesting about Michelle. Michelle's birth name is Michelle Denise Toussaint. <gasps> so, wow. Michelle is technically M. Toussaint. <laughs> yes, wow. Claw broke the code. All right, Toussaint, talk in your Michelle voice. <laughs> oh, God. Everybody remembers her voice. Your nice your nice voice. No BS. I actually ran into somebody that has that voice in real life, and I would hear she worked in the cafeteria my job. I used to see, hear her talking down the hall, and I just had this grin on my face because I knew people have said that to her. You know, you sound just like Michelle, and I was like, oh man, I don't even want to. Were you doing the snake when you were here? Like some people say, I'm nice. Some people say, I'm nesting. That's what I would have (laughs) done. Um. Also, on the music topic, you guys don't have to give me a free march, but I'm gladly paid for it. But I do want to talk about why I know that Ambrosia song you played in the Champagne Room not too long ago. Okay. And that's because in my, in my, um, I would say, had to be late teens, early 20s, I was uh, uh, a hooligan in college. I used to play a lot of Yacht Rock. And I got that album... Um, Life Beyond L.A. by um, Ambrosia. And that song was on it, and I played it over and over and over and over. That and Apothecary. I used to play that song over and over and over. And over. <laughs> so when I hear the first few bars of that song, I immediately know what it is. Immediately know what it is. I, sh- um, I, should, have <clears> picked <throat> a, I should have picked a deeper uh, cut. I should have picked a deeper cut out of the Yacht Rock playlist. Yeah. yeah the, the Yacht Rock Yacht Rock stuff, like I said, like I, I know the, I got some answers to the Black Yacht Rock um, question, like what artists comprise it. I think that late 70s EWF is a good answer because of David Foster producing a lot of that music um, and, you know, things like that. But there, there's some artists that definitely fit the bill in that regard. You know, usually um, when I talk about um, that era of R&B music, I say that the R&B stands for racquetball and backgammon. And, um, you know, I have a certain affinity for that, that era of music. Um, I don't think what I'm saying, man. I, I um, love, as you know, yeah, I, had to... I love Yacht Rock. And, you know, there's there's something about that music that sometimes I put that playlist on to start my day. And it's just, start your day off right. Yeah, seriously. I mean, there's something that is trying so very interesting about how 
and what kind of things in you know society might have caused that shift. Because you know, we talk about um, the changes in rock music mm-hmm. in the '80s going into the '90s, mm-hmm. and one of the things that stood out when I first started looking to the podcast, one of the things that grabbed my ear the first time I heard it, you had said a comment about um, the the fake label grunge, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Why, where that came from, why they were sounding and like the themes behind the music and stuff. And it makes me wonder what was going on in the 70s that you started to see this kind of development. I can't, I can't remember if you play, started playing um, like Kenny Loggins' music in one of the in one of the rooms. And it was particularly when he first went solo. Mm-hmm. And his albums were produced by Bob Chain. Mm-hmm. Like, as in the take me to the Mardi Gras, dun, 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 mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that Bob James. Nautilus, dun, 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 dun. Bob James. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Bob James? And I love that. I love those albums. You know, um, Keep the Fire is one of my favorite albums, like of any genre, any artist, 1979. I, um, I think music. Yeah, Michael McDonald and Michael Jackson. I, I think popular music kind of goes with the flow of the mood of the country to a certain degree, um, especially in the post-World War II era. Um, and if you think about kind of how strong the middle class was in the 70s, um, cocaine was a popular drug and it still is. <laughs> and that music kind of reflects a certain uh, middle class uh, malaise in my opinion. Um, and that's why it goes away. Oh, so swiftly, um, at the end of that decade as well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know what else has been strange? Um, no less than three times in the last 24 hours of just me hopping around the internet that I've seen the topic of that book settlers come up Oh Jesus! in, in similar context. Like, um, in one context, it was um, about how whatever was said in that book leads to the politics of something like Black Hammer, mm-hmm. or um, how on the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. there were some people who were kind of skeptical about, like you know, um, you know, the idea of you know proletarian like politics and stuff like that, or at least to a degree of. You know, I, they, they, they thought that there was a certain kind of, um, I don't want to use the word very much, but a certain kind of um, apathy, I guess you could say, or, you know, just acceptance, acceptance of a certain way mm-hmm. that, you know, like this kind of thing. It's just funny, it came up like three times, even in the chat tonight. I was like, man, what's going on with this book? Is there some kind of like, you know, book tour or something that this book is continually coming back <laughs> up? Or, it's an election <laughs> year, man. It's, just weird how they, like, it, it, it's an election yeah. year. And, and in an election year, I think people really lean on their, you know, let me go read all my leftist literature. And that was kind of one of those books. What year was that? 2020, Tucson or 2019 when that book hit? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, 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 I tried not to remember that it's 2024 and, and have all this peanut butter jelly stuff going on this year. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm trying to keep, you know, trying to keep it, you know, as soon as possible um, as we go through all this stuff. You know, it's just kind of, uh, you know, trying to make sense just how things are going nowadays and just trying to find an interesting topic. Oh, let me, be, before I get off this call, I have to tell you, Saturday show mm-hmm. with um, Kim mm-hmm. and 
Steve, Steve uh-huh. um, you guys were cooking when Kim started. When you guys started talking, when you started talking about the um, um, like the children's safety panic, I'll just put it that way <laughs> in um, the eighties. Mm-hmm. And Kim, Kim was really cooking with what she said about how all, like especially in politics, they use this as a crutch to mm-hmm. back their crappy policies. You all were cooking because you know. My thought about that has been 100% what she said, you know, in there. Like the, um, this society, particularly United States, in probably elsewhere, but particularly here, you hear all this protected children, like, you know, this, uh, the last, like, you know, local election cycle, because it was the, uh, the anti, um, well, the, um, reproductive rights mm-hmm. thing was on the ballot in Ohio. And I kept seeing all these bullshit line signs about, Oh, protect the children, you know, save the children. And I'm thinking, you know, this country ain't nothing but that one Michael Jordan meme with that monotone picture of him that says SM kids. Because when you think about how, uh, especially in black it's been nothing but the Michael Jordan SM kids over and over and over. And then when you think even further about it, um, I saw something about Florida. Mm-hmm banning like teenagers from using social media and people are like oh yeah they don't need to be on social media okay but well, it's not on social media where they're gonna go they're mm-hmm. taking away all of the public gathering areas they don't have malls anymore and if they had malls they probably have covenants on those malls they don't want all these kids hanging around and loitering here you know parks those things are closing i don't think they go to libraries you know it, it's just like any place where kids would gather and do stuff they're taken away and you're taking away a place for them to socialize otherwise, which, you know, may not be the best way, but still taking it away when there's no other options for kids to do stuff. That is the most Michael Jordan effing kids thing that you can do. And um, that was just something that when you guys said that that little segment of that show, there was a lot of great things said in that Saturday episode. But that section, calling out the hypocrisy of the protect the children BS. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's not just the right-wingers who are obsessed with like secret, you know, cabal pedophiles being around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the liberals too, though. Mm-hmm. And they pick me off the most doing that stuff. And um, yeah, that that was straight up, that was some, like, that was some gourmet cooking going on right there. I love that. <laughs> so I just wanted to give you a shout out about that episode because that was, that was, that was brilliant. You should clip that part because that was great. Well, that was great. I, I was going to. That's all I say, man. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Claw. Love you, brother. And have a very good night. Thank you, yeah. Once, Once again, the superstar calls from Dr. Claw. And I just want to say, as I, as I look out of the corner of my eye, I just want you guys to know David Epps is someone I call a friend. He's a good dude. So we're Was he in the room with you? Is that <laughs> wink once for because you're pointing like, like, he's, right, like there. he's right there and he's like say, say no problem nigga. he wouldn't say that because he's a white guy. <laughs> and he's not one of those white guys that would feel comfortable just throwing it up oh, i see i see um we have we have some more calls that was a that was a good show you weren't there for that show Who and um uh one of the guys one of the guests his camera wasn't working and uh hilarious, right? Because you know 
a lot of he he was at the uh, Amherst campus where those kids and teachers got uh, arrested. Hmm. And he was part of that organizing, helping those kids organize. So, you know, think of Steve over there hating. Jason never let me talk that long. You fucked up, Steve. <laughs> call in tonight, Steve. We'll let you talk. Yeah, call in. Steve helped make this happen. So. But look, we love our call in shows. We never know what to expect. I never. We never know what we're gonna say is gonna set people off. True. And I guess we didn't say anything to set people off. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a sad thing. Maybe people are just so indifferent. Hmm. Maybe I should open it. I should open up the phone lines tomorrow night because tomorrow night um, Amber Ailey Frost is coming on. So I'm sure people are gonna want to call in and yell all kinds of things. Woo-hoo. So. I'll just have to see it out of the corner of my eye. You landed a whale. <laughs> a controversy whale? Controversy whale. Right now, the controversy whale is Norm Finkelstein. That's true. He is he is um, still one of our most viewed shows. And I'm just like, I don't. And not that I have anything against him, of course. But I'm just like, I don't get how this man all of a sudden has blown up to this level. Yeah. He's a he's he's like grandpa. People like that. What's grandpa gonna say next? <laughs> Our opinionated grandpa. Calling from the four one four area code. Caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, Dave, uh, from Milwaukee. How y'all doing? Oh, shit. Watch out. Dave, Watch is, out. Dave is in the room. Yeah, I get that. It's Dave in the room. It's Dave I didn't. <clears throat> I, Dave, do we not talk off air a lot? Yeah. 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 No, man, you're great, great guy. The whole, uh, whole crew is. No, no, for sure. Definitely you, a friend of the show. So um, Dave is a friend of the show. Sure. You can disagree with a friend of the show, and Dave's a dude, and we're going to talk like dudes. We're going to be probably a little mildly aggressive. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think I have good manners on the internet. I think that's a problem. <laughs> I never, I'm like, you know, I, I, I just started getting on this stuff at the same time as like the boomers. So like it was like 2014 or something when I first showed up on Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like I'm always shouting at people whenever uh, <laughs> I'm talking on you. It's yourself. just where you're yeah, from, dude. Hey, it's just where you're from. It's okay. Yeah, I think that might be it too. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, I gotta get that California cool, but <laughs> you know, I, it's true though because like I've uh, I know a lot of people from Northern California, and they're all cool, um, especially uh, Bakersfield though. That's central, but um, always like Bakersfield dudes. So. Dude, it, look, I've been to your hoods, and y'all can get hyphy, as they say in the Bay. <laughs> so I'm already knowing. So, wait, wait, wait. We got to translate for me. <laughs> y'all <laughs> translate. <laughs> you guys can get a little overly excited to the point where it's like, uh, do we have a problem? Oh, here? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fe- febrile is the word. Mm-hmm. Febrile. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like fevered. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very uh, high blood pressure around here. So anyway, I mean, so, <laughs> um, you don't have that beautiful ocean. Um, which they have a lot of humidity and um, close to the, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, low, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, close to sea level. So. But, uh, I think it's, I think you get like that in uh, New Orleans too. A new cool as fuck people in New Orleans. They violent place, but for the most part, it's the coolest, most violent motherfuckers you ever be around. Uh huh. I um. <laughs> my um. But anyway, the uh, you know speaking of violence, right? Uh, the the crazy thing about the border is um. And I think the big reason why we don't really get uh, any kind of story is either ignored or it's like hysteria from the liberal media I'm talking about here, like mm-hmm. MSNBC, CNN, um, uh, New York Times, uh, Washington Post, this kind of thing, mm-hmm. is uh, the fact that that's national security infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. So there's really very little pushback against continuing to pour resources into that. And, um, you know, uh, continuing to pull resources, uh, resources in the Department of Homeland Security. Um, and as the GOP regularly says, uh, every state is a border state, <laughs> um, which is also true. So what we is really a massive buildup since um, the Patriot Act, really, mm-hmm. of all this infrastructure across the um, country. And the, the wild thing is, is you get all this buildup, right, of like ice and this kind of thing. Um, but you have very little um, investment into the uh, courts. Uh, so, you know, basically the um, courts that are, you know, deciding immigration cases and like, you know, immigration um, uh, agents and, and this kind of thing, um, they are um, totally swamped with paperwork and you have like massive processing time. So basically like nobody's getting through, right? Mm-hmm. Um so that's, that's kind of what's uh, creating a big backlog here. And, I, you know, I, I do not have anything nice to say about the Democrats, right? I thought it was interesting to see the way that they were playing this recently with um, basically slowing uh, some of that legislation, um, you know, bipartisan legislation on this. And then uh, the Republicans have been um, attacking any caucus members that, uh, you know, tried to uh, work with the Biden administration on this. Um, and the story is, is that um, they are attacking them because they want this to be an issue, right? Yeah. So that, I mean, that, that kind of thing just does not really play that well. You know, I, I'm just I'm just telling you, it just doesn't. I mean, people have a lot of like hysteria about the border, right? No, it's basically because they don't have the facts on it, and um, in the immigration system here. But you know. When the facts come to light, like people are going to be irritated that the GOP refused to, you know, push the legislation on this. It happens but, all the time. It's been happening since 2006. But how do the facts come to light when, the, again, I think the busing, the bus and dump strategy that those governors did, DeSantis and uh, Abbott, has had disastrous effects on Chicago? Yeah, it's a crisis. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, but, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is, like, so, like, when that kind of happens, it kind of forces people to 
ask themselves, like, why is this happening? And then kind of forces that issue forward, right? I, you know, I, it's a, it's a really fucked up issue, right? And, and it's fucking up our country, right? Especially on that southern border. People are dying. Like, it can't be ignored, right? Which is what a lot of liberals want to do. So I think that uh, when the Republicans kind of push that issue, I think at the end of the day, it kind of forces liberals to take it seriously instead of just doing this, like, you know, just swinging far right and just saying, like, we're going to close the board, build that wall, you know, this kind of stuff. Because that's not serious. They, they, nobody wants to do that. And no, the, because, the, uh, yeah. no. it doesn't make sense, right? G- logistically, you don't need it, right? Because there's just so much of that land that just, nobody's going to go through all that desert. There's a lot of desert you got to get through. It's not like there's gas stations on the way. You know, you're talking about unpaved roads. Right. It, it's a, That is a hell of a trek if you're trying to make it that way the way people get in is either planes overstaying a visa or you get smuggled in through trucks right and um the they have some fear-mongering messages again i know how i don't know how much right-wing radio or tv you listen to and the fear-mongering messages now a lot i listen every morning okay so you know it is it's beyond now just the brown people from mexico and even Central and South America countries. Now right. it's like, oh, there's Chinese people and maybe even terrorists from Afghanistan. I'm like, damn, you guys just bringing up all yeah. the hits on this bullshit. And yeah. th- th- there's been a fair amount of even liberal movies made about trafficking. Because, again, I think the Democratic issue is all about moralizing everything. It's For just, sure. It's just about the, well, at least when they don't actually want to deal with something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you know DACA again. It's like look at DACA. Like oh look at this wonderful thing that we did for these well deserving people. And it's always about that 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 uh, whoever comes here the right way. And a few years ago we had Chomsky's daughter. No ball of their own. Yeah. None right. of these kids are coming here. My friend. My good friends. That I see all the time, they're like family now that I'm down here, can never go see their family unless their family comes to visit them. That means they can't go to funerals. They can't go to weddings. Yeah, up, man. They can't go to birthdays. Like it yep. may it may seem trivial to some people, but think about how important a bond is for you and your family. And that shit got cut off because your parents wanted you to have a better life. And for whatever reason. You got to kick rocks. Yep. Yep. You, you know, for those, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the main issue. I mean, the is, is that cutting off from the family at home. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, this is kind of purposeful, right? Because, I mean, these are people that they can cut off like that. Um, they, they do not want them... Um, going back and forth and um you know uh, they just all they want going across that border are those uh remittances um you know, like western union that kind of thing you know what i mean they just want mm-hmm. that money coming down they do not want people crossing that border um but uh you know those those dollars man i'm going to tell you that that is real that has real weight in those areas that people are going down to i mean it's really like having an economic warfare um, strategy of uh, push that many dollars into an area. So, 
And, and they're doing this with all these, uh, we just had, for instance, right, we just had, uh, I think maybe 150 um, new each one, uh, not each one of these users, but you know what I mean, basically mm-hmm. like um, employer mm-hmm. dependent, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, employer dependent users, right, uh, for um, some education workers. And, uh, you know, they've been very poorly treated. Uh, it's, uh, you know, not good for them. But, you know, I, I'm going to tell you that, like, those people may be a little bit scared off of, like, you know, organizing, but, like, they they are responsive, a lot of them. Um, and uh, it's not like a situation where they can, like, be totally used as You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is a much different kind of situation than like the Bertheros, um that approach. But I think that that's what yeah. uh, the GOP would like to go back to. So basically, mm-hmm. you have a mm-hmm. fully employer-dependent mm-hmm. board policy that's like run by the DHS. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they would like to have that kind of like a reserve army of labor, you know, that kind of situation. Um, and that's like what they're pushing on. And they say like, you know, build that wall, close the borders, blah, 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 blah. That's what they want. Um, and that would cause a lot of havoc, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, I, I just don't really see this as something that they're going to be able to have a winning issue on, like, you know, long term here. So I, I don't really see why people would want to kind of like cave on the principles on this stuff, you know what I mean? It, uh, but is the Democratic Party caving, though? I feel like they are caving. Well, that, that's the interesting thing. I think that they, they were. Um, and then the GOP doesn't want to go along with it because they have to do, you know, minimal compromises, like, you know, expanding the, um, immigration force. Mm-hmm. And they rejected it. Um, and, you know, I, so it's, it's an interesting, I think that it's like, honestly, like a, one of the real contradictions that you see in, um, you know, unstable uh, countries. You know what I mean? I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that's going to be taken care of one way or the other. Um, so I, I just, I'm, you know, I, I, I just don't, the Democrats are always going to, I don't know, it's not trustworthy on these kinds of things. And, you know, if they do, were, were to take power mm-hmm. totally, they would start doing the whole blood that wall thing too, because, you know, they're, you know, uh, serving the same um, forces, you know, of, uh, you know, employers and regional businesses and some of that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, it's really important for people to not look at these like to understand that like something like employer dependent visas that's not immigration that's like you know what I mean it's like it's not something that should be like welcomed or like it's not cultural diversity that's just um, uh, no it's no, a I mean, way to break labor real, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah I always look I've always looked at immigration um as a labor issue and it never gets talked yeah. about as a labor issue it gets talked about as a moralizing yeah, like, issue yeah. much like abortion is talked about as consumer choice or as religious freedom and it's never looked at as women's health or family planning those two things but, you know well, you know yeah i mean just honestly like you know safe pregnancies right you know, the only yeah. way they can't safe pregnancies is by having safe abortions you know I mean? So, yeah, let's see on Insane. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it's kind of up to us. I mean, like, honestly, like, when I talk about these things, I mean, we'll sit down with people. I think that 
kind of come to uh, agreement on stuff and kind of drop some of this hysteria. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do agree, like, you know, I, uh, work in a majority black, um, you know, workplace, um, you know, and, uh, did a lot of, uh, pork chop, uh, kind of, <laughs> you know, a lot of that kind yeah. of chauvinism. Yeah. When it comes to immigrants. So, yeah. Um, it's in the Midwest. Like, you know, like Haitian people, like, they, they, you know, for real, man. It's, like, it's not, it's not good right now. It's that again. I was had a long talk with no. Cedric uh, Johnson. We talked for a couple hours a few weeks ago about Chicago and what he was seeing, and we both kind of hung up the phone with that head shake where you're like, "This ain't this ain't gonna play out well. This ain't gonna end well for a lot of people. There's literal people that are being pawns in this, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's uh, part of my language, but it, 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 it's awful to see people use like that. I mean, it's, um, but, you know, I, you gotta just make that clear to people, and, you know, as long as these people are thought of as people, it makes it very difficult for their right to kind of run with their, um, the little thing, the right in the national security state, because that's really the people that are really pushing this, and that's the reason why the right is so keen on it, too. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, various regional business elites that just want free labor. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. This. They're all, all been pushing for for a long time, but, you know, I, 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 I am going to say that, like, I, I don't know, I guess people are antagonistic to this. I was a little surprised by that, but, um, you know, these days, you know, since Nancy, especially in, in the Midwest, we've had a lot of people coming up here because of the amount of people forced off of their agricultural land mm-hmm. in uh, Mexico and Central America. Mm-hmm. So they come up here to work, um, and uh, they become, inter- you know, integrating the community here. Like, you know, they, you know, improve things like people tend to do, right? Um, they are not, you know... Uh, you know, they have improved things. I see a lot of hope here because of the um, immigrants that are coming here. And, you know, for instance, like, uh, you know, some of the um, Palestinian immigrants that are here, too, and, you know, be, you know good people, you know. And uh, there's been a real renewal in um, the way that um, people approach politics because of that, too. And that's been a story for America that been the case for you know past uh, you know 180 years or so, so uh, but you know it's just something to be, you know uh, to be, you know just to be understand these people are people first right and yes. you know, well you know um, ourselves to be divided like that so well David thank you very much for your phone call brother. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate the work, man. I'm um, looking forward to hearing this uh, Amber Frost uh, interview. Uh, she, uh, I think she had a right approach on that jerk ass stuff. So, so yeah, it was uh, kind of an odd approach, but I, 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 I think uh, we could uh, lose some of the respectability and the uh, benefit of all. I think so we, are, we are appreciate your time, man. So. And uh, thanks, uh, and Tucson. Yeah. All right. You're very welcome. Peace. peace. Another another great TIR phone call. We have a few more phone calls, and we got to take them all. We got to take all the phone calls because uh, we're going to give you guys. We're going to go over. We're going to give some free champagne to get you a little ready for the champagne room. Toussaint has been doing something 
I think her New Year's resolution was a lot of fuck you, Jason. I'm supposed to bombard you with clips. Uh, right. I have, me with clips. I have been. I have been. So staying true to your New Year's resolution, you're bombarding me with clips. I'm fine with that. I am totally fine with that. Just but, take a day and just watch them. I, you know, I'm like you now. I want to see it with everybody else. Okay. And and my anxiety is so out of control. I told you about the dream I had the other night. You did. Thank you for analyzing that. MT M Toussaint, dream analyst. Dream analyst. She I had the I won't get into it on the main show, but thank you very much for bringing clarity to my life. If you were here right now, I'd hug you. Someone wants to know what you look like and I was going to describe you in my opinion it's Devotion Orange who sent the super chat has Tucson ever showed her face on the channel I love y'all no thank you for the super chat thank you very much for the super chat uh no and as of today she will not that's my daughter idea. loves your posters. Oh, awesome. Um, these are posters from my real life. And one of these posters, one of the guys commenting on the show right now, Pasquale Romero, made a show happen when we first met him. Back to my conversation of when you meet good people, hang on to those people extremely, extremely tight. Pasquale said, if you come back here, I will get you a much better show. We played in front of him and like three of his friends. <laughs> And the only reason why he was there, the bartender called him to come down. They're like, there's this band here from the Bay Area. You got to check him out. He was living in Santa Fe at the time. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Definitely have some interesting stories about all these. Tell your daughter to call up one day if she wants to hear some fun music stories. Um, It looks like Keith Lee is on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Lee wants to battle. Let's let's we we have to we have to see what this is about. Uh, Keith Lee, what's going on? Hey man, I heard you was talking about my name, running my name through the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Keith nah, Lee. This ease, man. This ease, this ease, and, and uh, so any. Obviously, y'all know where I'm from. What's up? How y'all doing, Jason? You got the red beanie, blue jean jacket combo on. You know, that's that always hit for you. That's a good fit for you. <laughs> MP, MP, your outfit look good as usual. You know, thank you. Well. Thank you. But uh, I didn't get to watch the Keith Lewin live. So I saw that clip that Jason posted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Jason just basically called the dude retarded in the nicest way possible. And I was like, damn, this is kind of like, you know, uh, you know, a sick burn, you know. And um, but I, I watched the piece. I, I sent Jason the Keith Lee, you know, clip from the news. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I know Jason from the Bay Area. I live in California, obviously. Uh, but it was it it was strange 
how somebody goes to Houston, Atlanta, and don't come away with those same critiques. Because, I mean, you go to Atlanta, I mean, downtown Atlanta is just niggas on the corner, 40, 50 of them. You know what I'm saying? Yes! But he don't have that, he don't have that same, he didn't make that same connection when he was in these other places. And I do think it's because on YouTube or TikTok, the kind of like Bay Area, California, Bassin, it's kind of like a a thing. Like it gets you more, it gets you more clicks or more boosted in the algorithms to see that you know San Francisco is a hellscape with shit in the streets. Yeah. That get a lot of clicks. Yeah. And I think kind of he kind of probably fell into the you know, you know probably not intentionally, but like you, that stuff come up. And then he just kind of makes some of the same, you know, critiques that you hear over and over and over again about, you know, you know, California. And it's just such a, it's just such a, uh, a shallow critique because like the real issue is like, it's this, you know, corporate dystopia, especially in the Bay Area. And it's just like, you know, nobody ever go that far when you know they always stop at the point of where the problem is the corporation and so when you really press people even like when you really pressing like right wingers on the issues of california they they stop at the point of saying well the real issue with california is that california gave a boatload of tax breaks to create uh, a tech haven in the country and then that money got to be made up somewhere else whether it's through the reduction of services, the raising of taxes, or whatever it may be. And but everybody always stops short of like getting to that point of saying the corporation in the incentives that we give it is the real problem. They always make it as like the problem with the corporation is they did DEI and hired a black kid. That's not really a a, a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and especially like I don't know if people been you know, I know he was in the news, but it's 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 weird how, especially right wingers, they're able to manipulate themselves into being pro corporate, but at the same time, they frame it as is 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 if they're for the you know working person, and it's it's it's, it's you know it's it's great strategy because it works. I mean, I was watching Vivek on a podcast the other day, mm-hmm. and they asked him, was Jamie Dimon a part of the, you know, they talking about the PMC, the managerial class. You know, they asked him, is Jamie Dimon a part of the managerial class? And he couldn't even go far enough to say that Jamie Dimon, the most successful <laughs> banking CEO in probably the last 30 years of the United States history, mm-hmm. you know, by, by their standards. He couldn't even go to say, he couldn't even go far enough to say that this guy's a problem or a part of the issue, you know, but he could talk about how he, I was a problem or whatever the case may be. And that's why I always find these critiques of California shallow because it's always about what well, they wokey wokey, whatever. No, the problem with California is it's a, you know, it's the epitome of when the corporations have taken over, you know, state power, state mm-hmm. apparatuses, they control zoning laws, mm-hmm. they got their own zoning laws, so forth, so on. And then when they do try to do something in California, I don't know if people have been paying attention, 
I mean, they implemented a wealth tax, and these people leave it. They implemented a, a mansion tax. These folks are leaving. Now, it, it used to just be a solely middle class, working class phenomenon where you see a lot of the people who was leaving California were moving to Texas. But now people who are making above $5 million, $10 million, $20 million, they leaving as well. And it's just like, Cal- but that's what happened when you... It's, you know, when you give away, when the whole incentive to start Silicon Valley was basically a, a free giveaway. And then they're able to frame the issue of leaving California to go to Texas and make that about being down for the regular man, when really they just moving to Texas because labor law is shit. And Elon Musk, you can call people niggas in his factory in Texas. And you can't call folks niggas in his factory in California. That's <laughs> it. California also passed 56 new housing laws that are going to make building a lot easier for 2024. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, and and I agree with you 100% about Texas, Steve. I agree with you 100% about Texas. It's specifically about, he's talking about, uh, they, they, I don't, I don't know the specific bill, but the state is able to take over uh, zoning laws for for local municipalities. So we're talking places specifically like Orange County mm-hmm. who have been hesitant to, you know, build. And now the state has the ability to force these places to build. Yep. And it's just like sometimes I get we just don't dump on everybody. I get it. You know, I like to shit on everybody too. You know, I'm kind of a pro if y'all haven't noticed that. But sometimes when we like when you get a you know a win, we can't be so concerned about where the win is from or whatever the case may be, because you know the reality of it is in the current set of conditions, the people who got the power is people we probably necessarily don't don't agree with on everything. But particularly, you know, I'm speaking particularly for California, but these also gonna be the same people. Who, if it wasn't for a couple of uh, Senate votes that California got universal health care, or California got health care for uh, all, you know, uh, undocumented immigrants can use the health system in California. And it's just like, it's more nuanced than just saying all of this shit is, is, is pointless and don't matter because the shit matter to somebody. Yeah. And I think sometimes when, you know, it come up as just like, you know, uh, dismissive to not think this shit matter to somebody. It might not matter to me because I got healthcare and I got a job. You know, if I was that type of individualistic thinker. But I know that that shit matter to some fucking body. You know, and it's just, you know, you know, I try to take, you know, glass half full sometimes. <laughs> I mean, living in California, you need to have living in California. Being able to afford to live in California is very, very difficult, especially now. It's a, it, it's such a weird it's such a weird place because on one hand, on one hand, you do have this real like kind of like I don't know if you want to call it left or whatever the hell you want to fucking call it, but like you do have this type of ability for. I say leftist, 
leaning people mm-hmm. to have some type of like say so mm-hmm. versus like my home state of Texas where it's like you know wrap it up you know <laughs> you know if you're not mm-hmm. you know like that it's just real and maybe that's just me coming from two different states and it's just like two totally different states where I can see like now nah, it's a significant difference you know it's a it's a significant difference enough especially if you a person who not of like me because in Texas, man, they gonna want you to clock in thirty five hours a week if you trying to get any type of assistance or benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't even buy hot food with with food stamps in te- you know Texas. That like that shit seem minute, but that shit matter to somebody. Yeah. You no. know, you know, but I mean, I just called in. I saw the Chief Lee video. And obviously, you know, what I took away from it was it's just a, it, it went down a typical, you know, let's bash California, you know, rabbit hole. And it's just like, it, it's useful because you can use California as a, you know, as this wedge, as this wokey woke place mm-hmm. in the cultural war. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the stuff that California did, that, that they do that they do that is good because we able to frame it or right wingers or whoever are able to frame a wealth tax a certain way or they able mm-hmm. to frame the mansion tax a certain way it get a lot of people off board because they they say well we don't want to do what the wokey woke they do you know but it's you know Republicans have good political strategy man you know, that's all I gotta say about it you know that's you know I look. I'm agreeing with you. One day we will I, meet know, in I San mean, Diego. Chris, I, I mean, Chris Rufo laid this shit out on fucking the internet for everybody to read, and it was like everybody read it except for motherfuckers who want to sniff Marx's ass all fucking day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you know, this. You know, I'm just. You know, I'm just keeping it. Real, it's like yeah, we can read that motherfucker from time to time, but that nigga can't that nigga can't predict everything. (laughs) (laughs) He's not Nostradamus for you. Yeah, he's not. And it's just like you know, they laid out the game plan with CRT, DEI. They laid this shit out. You can Mm -hmm. go read it. Mm -hmm. How he's gonna attach this shit to all types of shit, where he gonna turn folks against. Patches, uh, patches, you know, they turn DEI into, and it's so weird, they use DEI to, to tell corporations or try to get corporations to be even more ruthless. They use ESG to got, they, they had a tirade against corporations to try to get corporations to be even, even more ruthless. They said these ESG funds is going to take oil and gas out of your pension funds. You don't want them. Mm-hmm. And they turned motherfuckers on that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm done with my rent. I didn't say what I had to say. <laughs> you know. Well, Steve, uh, take it easy, and hopefully, I run into you at some point when I actually hey, stop in San Diego. I, I want to thank y'all for giving me as much time as y'all gave Clark. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs>
We have one last call, and we missed that call. And sadly, we don't have the um, – I don't see the number up anymore. If I would have saw the number, I would have called you. So whoever called and hung up, I apologize greatly. Send me a personal message, and whatever next show – Saturday show. Oh, no, Saturday is a pre-record. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, you call in. I promise. I apologize. So I owe you one. Um, I didn't get to it soon enough either. <laughs> you own a pair of roller skates. Oh my God, if she did. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, great calls. Great OGs, call. OGs called in. They took up a lot of time. We went 22 minutes over. You guys got 22 minutes of champagne. If you are listening on Apple, apparently Apple Podcasts now has a transcript function. So if you want to get transcripts of the show, get access to the champagne room when you're listening on Apple, just subscribe to the show. You can get transcripts of the show and you get access to the champagne room. I love shows that have transcripts because sometimes I quote things from shows and it helps in my writing. I should have a new article out where I do talk about immigration. And someone was like, you need to nail your immigration point. I didn't think I said anything about negative about immigration. Yes. Um, I will be talking about immigration and tough on crime laws. It should be out this Friday in Sublation. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Gotta have a music title, Tucson. Gotta have a music title. That's true. Oh, me. It's my thing. It's my thing. It is your thing. No, it's good. Keep it real. Be consistent. Gotta be. Gotta. You gotta do the thing. So if anything ever happens to me and I become like a guy that does a thing and I can start talking, like Dan Larson was on. some CNN documentary. I was like, ooh. <laughs> ooh, you made it. I was talking to Dan about that. Ooh. You must have a light-skinned wife. Oh. Ugly face, light-skinned wife. <laughs> that don't put into views. What does Tucson look like? She is can i give your height or is that too much i mean i guess i think she's five three not five three are you shorter than five three you're not five ten your mom's not five ten but she's <laughs> six four she's got hairy feet so fucking take that my mom is meg the stallion <laughs> cats out of the bag yep um, Toussaint has a baby face and the most infectious smile you'll ever see. Aww. True story. Tiny hands. I do actually have tiny hands. <laughs> you shake your hands. You're like, oh, where'd you get these baby hands? <laughs> <laughs> MT is six four, but she has Marge Simpson hair. There you go. Nailed so, it. MT's hair 
no, because she's uh, one of them island Negroes, so she she can whip it on you when she wants to. I Please. really wish you would have showed your face for that. For what? When you did the hair, he was just. <laughs> I'm coming up. <laughs> 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 just walking around Brooklyn, living my life like it's cool, and living my life. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> I was not on waving to Italian grocers and shit like that. <laughs> oh gosh, that's what you were doing. Living my life. <laughs> it's so silly. Every time you tell me that you had to go somewhere on the bus, that's all I. <laughs> as soon as you walk out the door, Jill Scott just plays as you sashay down the street. I think about that sometimes. That's not what happens. It's not what happens. Oh my God! Uh, can you pull this super chat on the screen right now? Was she on facts a Apparently, my description of you is a description of Kim Fields. Tootie. Um, Creflo Half Dollar has a super chat. You want to put that on the screen? <laughs> These are deep cuts, and this is why I'm here to do this show for these deep cuts. Mm-hmm. I battle through the depression <laughs> to get on air to read this. Jason, have you seen the episode of 90210 with the young Vivica A. Fox and Richard Roundtree as a rich dad? Funny episode and a lot of leftist themes in the early seasons of that show. I would have to rewatch it. I would have to rewatch it with my kid. Hmm. Um, my kid had watched the new version that came out. My daughter. I say my kid, my daughter. I have a few kids. She be. And I'm not a kid. She's a fucking kid, dude. I get it. She's a grown woman. <laughs> She's almost thirty. <laughs> almost thirty. I get it. She's an adult. But. But um, I vaguely remember Vivica Fox and Richard Roundtree. Was it Richard Roundtree or was it um, Superfly? It probably was Richard Roundtree. I don't remember exactly, but I vaguely remember Vivica Fox on 90210. Because there was like two episodes where black people were on there. Because there was a moment where a black basketball player couldn't read or something, right? Oh, God. There's always a nigga that couldn't read in the 90s. Hmm. But he's got to get out of the hood. basketball player remember he looked like he was like 45 years old like snake look like he retired from the league in 78 what is he doing playing high school basketball wow someone says jason has more kids than nick cannon that's fucked up i don't that's fucked up they get on nick cannon all the time about that i don't have so many kids i'm out here trying to date grown-ass women so i don't have any more can these hoes be loyal or are they forever not loyal? I need this paradox answer. <laughs> <laughs> are you still there, Tucson? I'm still here. How do you feel? Before we go, how do you feel about the loyalty of hoes question? <laughs> the loyalty of hoes. 
from my understanding, my studies, <laughs> masculine and feminine mm-hmm. hoes are not supposed to be loyal. Mm. Hoes can offer you love mm. and hold them, mm-hmm. but not loyalty. You get that from dudes. So what you really want is a dude. There's so much 90s going on. In a 90s kind of world, M2 sounds glad she's got her girl. <laughs> oh, like all this shit. If you if you guys ever got a chance to meet, I almost said your name. If you got a chance to meet MT, <laughs> you just you just complimented me the other day. Like you never said it. I was like. I tr- and I almost like whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. You could feel it now. Huh? You was like, this nigga's about to <laughs> <laughs> It's close. It's close. Yeah, this shit like this like oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Hanging out with MT Tucson is a good time. Good times. Hanging out with the TIR crew is a good time. I'm looking yeah. forward to David Griscom's wedding. Hopefully, we can get the same kind of hate that Crystal and Kyle got for their wedding. Ooh. I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think any of us are going to be big enough celebrities to get this level of hate. That sucks. I know. How dare you go to a wedding? How dare you go to and this is the day of my daughter's wedding. When, when that shit happened and Ben was in my kitchen, we just couldn't stop laughing. So stupid. Because they were like, everybody in this picture is a millionaire. I was like, really? Ben makes his own bagels. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Ben makes his own. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important fun fact. Artisan bagels, artisanal bagels. I'll bet. Hilarious. Ha huh? fucking hilarious. Coach Lick says bagels are kind of fun to make. He has fun making, he makes his own tortillas as well. Refuses to use a tortilla press. Ooh. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to keep it all the way real. Bagels and. He will be hosting the show with me. He'll be co-hosting. Uh, we'll be cross, or I guess we'll be cross-streaming tomorrow with uh, Amber. Oh, nice! So she gets to get doubled up on. Didn't mean for that to. Cause I nut quick. So. Yeah. Maybe don't. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> Unreal. I could, dude, cutting that clip, I had to, you know, it was playing over and I'm trying to get it right. And, you know, the whole thing he says is worse. I think what he says after that is worse. Yeah. But we're trying to keep it at a minimum. I think if we keep our curse words, I don't know what the secret is. Let's end the show. That's probably part of the secret. Thank you guys. 
thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We are going into the champagne room. Uh, do you want to play the Ben Shapiro rap in the champagne room? Somebody sent it to me. We can play it. We they were very it. upset about it, and I can address why they shouldn't be in the champagne room. <laughs> <laughs> like, why you should not be upset at all. Um, thank you guys so much for for checking the show out, for watching and sharing. If you haven't done it already, like the show. Definitely hit subscribe. A lot of the comments, people aren't subscribers. Mm. You can't call me a fucktard. If you don't subscribe, subscribe, then call me a fucktard. There we go. Right? Order of operations. That's how it works. Subscribe, call me a fucktard. It's all good. I'll like your comment. (laughs) But if you're not subscribing and you're calling me all kinds of names and my mother... I, we just can't respond to that. This doesn't make sense for us, dude. But uh, if you have the means and you feel so inclined and want to make sure we stay on the air as it is a constant struggle every month, become a patron for as little as $3 a month or $30 for the year. You can ensure that MT has a new perm. No perm. Silk press. <laughs> Let's get out of here, and we're going to go right into the champagne room. We are out. Wrong music. Mm-hmm. <laughs>